okay um wait how do i ask that question <laughs> i gotta restart are you recording yeah leave it in no leave it in no leave it in uh which one of you were in the woods more recently the month of july well i know for one thing i'm the one who didn't break two cameras one does that matter One for being camera. in the woods? Uh, I spent four days in the woods. I spent days? four days in the woods, too. What How many mosquito woods? bites do you have? I had a mosquito mustache at one point at the cabin we were at. That sounds so bad. That sounds like an up north cocktail. Yeah, no, it was so bad. Give me a mosquito we, mustache we, we and a brain it. belt. Let's put it this way. Night one, we just got hammered by the mosquitoes, and we never tried it Where again. did you go? Uh, Emily, Minnesota. Where is that? Um, it's just north of, uh, Deerwood, uh, Brainerd, oh. near Brainerd, near Aitken. I was going to say, if we were in the same woods, that would be no, you awkward. No, were, you weren't, I don't know, you were doing your house stuff when... Nope. Weren't you right after 4th of July? I was up there right prior to the 4th of July, July 30th to July 4th. This is the longest cold open of all I know. time. And where were you? I think we spent equal where did amount you of go? times... We went to Lake Itasca State Park. Oh, nice. Did you um, camp? Did you have a cabin? What did nope. you do? Uh, my family has been renting cabins at Burt's Cabins for 25 years. Awesome. Uh, we had everybody except for uh, one of my nieces and nephews. So we had That's seven cool. of the eight. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, Good time. I had a daughter's boyfriend's. Anise, Jake, whole family up there at our cabin in Emily, and it was a blast. But did you go to the Foo Fighters? I did not. Before. I, I didn't go to, and I didn't go to Taylor Swift. I didn't go to Taylor Swift. I went to Green Day and the Foo Fighters back to back nights in Milwaukee. And then Lara and I drove home, did a load of laundry, and then went to Itasca. That sounds awesome. I'm yeah. going to get, can we get one Taylor update? On Taylor keep Swift? It short. Just keep it short. Oh, man, it was keep so it good. That's all I got to say. You, if Eras? you weren't there, Eras? you missed out. Yeah. The streets are saying it was awful. The streets? streets well, my streets are saying it was yeah, great. No, there's it's a cult. Yeah. That's a cult. No, it is not. It's a cult. You yeah, got to actually like go to it and experience it. It is a cult. It's a cult. It's, it's the cult. best concert I've ever been to. This is basically Just the like YHH Davidians. is a cult sometimes, too. Is it? Mm-hmm. I didn't know I joined. Today we're gonna feed. What? Hold we're on. gonna feed our our fans. Uh, well, hit the music, but I got a question after we play the intro okay. music. Okay. Play it. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. All right, what's your question? Okay, here's my question. Uh, so, and I was kidding which, about being a cult. By oh, the way. I was gonna say, which real life cult would you compare YHH to? Branch Davidians, <laughs> Jonestown. <laughs> The band, the cult. None. none. Uh, I was kind of joking. I was just kind of saying Taylor Swift has a lot of fans. Okay, what do you mean that you're kind of joking? About us being a cult or Taylor Swift being a cult? Us. I'm joking. I just, oh, okay. I don't, I just joking. I don't. Are you the leader? No, in the in the case of a cult. You're Charles Manson. No. You're no, Jim Jones saying, in this scenario. I'm just saying <gasps> that if you are a Swifty, 
you would apologize for everything that happens. It's all the greatest. For what? There's no wrong. She can do no wrong. Oh, yeah, she can. She's oh. got the most mileage of any person who flies oh. airplanes. Oh. Any celebrity. Oh, so she's ruining the, car- the carbon footprint. Yeah, oh, she's got freaking like hundreds of thousand miles. That's awful. What a her. horrible person. What a horrible person. Oh, she also person. like does Straight. other good things, but there's just like every human, you know? You got some good, I just think that bats. everybody, like, can you, if you're a Swifty, you could do no, she can do no wrong. It's uh, like, Oh, uh, I think that's wrong. I think you're mostly just wrong about it. I can't. I can't wait for. (laughs) Really, you've been in the woods too long. We didn't ask you about your woods experience. I can't wait for somebody to come out of the woodwork and be like Taylor Swift crashed into my car and then drove away. Yes, she's the worst. Yes, I would love that. I would love that. All right, uh, let's get to some news, uh, Mister. Adney. Are we done with life updates? Well, I would love to hear yours. I went to Harley Davidson Homecoming. Do I look like the type of guy who rides motorcycles? Speaking of cults. Yeah. Harley Davidson is a cult. That is a cult. What a fun cult. Yes. (laughs) Billy Joe Armstrong can still rock the eyeliner. Can you explain what that means? A cult? No. Harley (laughs) Davidson Homecoming? Oh, so Harley Davidson was started in Milwaukee. Uh, we went down to see Foo Fighters, but ended up going to both days of Harley Davidson Homecoming. Number one, Milwaukee, way cooler than I remember from when I was a child. Uh, number two, Green Day rocks. And yes. number three, Foo Fighters rocks the hardest. Yeah, that's a good show. That was awesome. That's a good show. Um, you uh, Life updates. You had a life update of yep. uh, buying a house. Yeah, at first I thought you were going to ask me about my engagement, but then I figured you would go with the house thing. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Do we have an announcement? Yep. Announce. Laura and I are engaged. Yes! Uh, it's been Speaking a... of cults, marriage is a cult. Between a, two a, people. Cult, a cult with tax <laughs> benefits. Oh my gosh! When did uh, this happen? A month what? ago. What? Yeah. Wow. What so day? Now, so now I gotta what tell. All Wait my a minute. Friends. What? Now I gotta tell all my friends. What day? Oh yeah. yeah none of my Give friends. None of my friends know. Uh, we just <laughs> told family while we were at the cabin. Uh, it was a month ago. It was June twenty third. Wasn't there like a YHH event going on at June twenty third? No. The Saturday before it all got started. Yep. He asked her uh, at the Why event. didn't you tell me? Why would I tell anybody? <laughs> You're getting married. We didn't, she said we didn't yes. tell we didn't tell anybody. She said yes. That's big That's news. That's news. Who would have thought? Who we went thunk? We went to my parents' house that night and didn't tell them. You guys are weird. Um so we did our last walkthrough of our little house in Frogtown. Um and we ended up on the front steps where I picked her up for our first date. And I was wandering around with a dusty old bottle of Gatorade that I was going to toast the house to. And then I decided, this is disgusting. This has been sitting in the sun for probably a year. I'm not going to drink this Gatorade. And I was at the bottom of the step. She was at the top. And I said, this is where I picked you up for our first date. And it's where you were when I called you as soon as I got back to my car for our second date. And... I started crying, and then she started crying, and then I said, will you marry me? And Aww. she said yes. So cute. The That's ring awesome. is was packed in a tote. 
Did so you I, cheers I, I the dusty ha- bottle of Gatorade? No. Oh. I didn't have the ring. I didn't get down on one knee. And then we went to Cub Foods because it was the only place that was open. We grabbed a sandwich from the Cub Deli aisle and then drove to my parents' house because our floors were being refinished and didn't tell them. <laughs> and then didn't tell any of your friends. Yeah, we didn't, for I a haven't month. told anybody. That's funny. <laughs> I proposed to Debbie where in the exact spot I met her. Wow. A frat house. Basement a of the frat fr- house. Yeah. Basement of the frat house. <laughs> actually? Uh, yeah. I, I I've heard that. Why were you house? back at the frat house is my <laughs> question. We, I took her back there. She's like, why are we here? I'm like, oh, I forgot something here. I need to pick it up. I go, and then I got make sure it was all clean and ready. And then I brought her in, and there was a limo there. She's like, why is there a limo here? And oh, my I, gosh. She was starting to put the pieces together to the puzzle. You should have hid the limo. So, well, I didn't want the limo to be late. That oh. would kind of ruin the moment. So, see, that's why you can't do your engagement waiting on anybody else. Correct. Correct. Yeah. All right, let's get to some news. Got some bad news uh, right out of the gate here. We, uh, we lost Michael Tweet uh, Friday. I got a call f- at nine o'clock on a Friday night from Jay Hardwick, and I'm like, "Why is Jay Hardwick calling me at nine o'clock on a Friday night?" And uh, I pick up, and he's telling me Michael died today. And he went through this whole thing. I'm like, Michael? He, only Michael that he and I know together. Michael Tweet. There's no way Michael Tweet died. That's how it wasn't even entering my brain. He gets done with the whole thing. I go, are you talking about Michael Tweet? He goes, yeah. He goes, how? He goes, he had a headache. I uh, came home from work. Uh, they were going to the county fair later, and he laid down, took a nap, and he never woke up. And it's really sad. Really sad. It is. You you knew him a lot better than I did, but the the handful of times that he and I got to share a conversation, he was so full of life. Um, ah. no, <laughs> nobody loved the rink more than Michael. Yeah, that's the thing about it. It's like he loved our show. He listened to the podcast. Every week I'd get a text from him about the podcast. So you said this, you said that, and it was always super positive. Um, he loved it when I showed up in, in Warroad. He loved that. He loved the just everything about Warroad hockey, and he loved his stepson Carson Pilgrim. I mean, uh, it was it's so sad. Uh, here's a story I, I was telling Danny because I called. I right at, hung up with Jay. I called Danny to tell him because he loved Danny and Danny loved Michael, and they just always talked wherever they were. They always they were like magnets to each other. So I called Danny and Danny and I talked for about an hour about Michael and. I go, oh God, the last time I saw him, um, it was over at HP, and Carson had just committed to North Dakota. And I go, I don't know if he was wearing North Dakota sweatpants, North Dakota hoodie, and a North Dakota hat, but he may as well have been because he was just brimming with pride that Carson had committed to North Dakota. He was the happiest guy in the rink. He just It made his day that he you know, was, had a great state tournament and was rewarded with a scholarship to UND. And... That's just Michael. He just loved the game, and he loved his kids. He loved Warroad. He just he embodied everything there was about Warroad hockey. I'll miss him for sure. What's next? I don't totally know how you transition out of that. No. <laughs> Ob- obviously, <laughs> we're, we're thinking of the Warroad community. Yeah, his uh, wife Darnell and Michael's family. Yeah, his dad. I I knew his dad pretty well. 
Uh, I knew Darnell. I know, obviously, son Shagabay, his father-in-law, his kids. Uh, we talk about Carson, but he's got two boys with Darnell, uh, Cullen and uh, Cooper, and um, good family. Just They just embody everything that we're trying to, you know, reinforce here in the hockey world. So, I think that's an appropriate time to maybe take a, take a moment of silence and take a break. Okay, I think we can get back into some other news there. Yeah. Thank All you, right. Peter. Appreciate yeah. it. Uh, the PHF shutting down. Let's continue with some happy news. Uh, <laughs> it's happy news? We have an employee here, I, oh, Kayla, sorry, who's affected by oh, this. It's, it's not happy news. I, I'm a little tongue-in-cheek there. Yeah. Uh, the PHF, after several years and multiple name changes and different iterations and what felt like virtually zero continuity and in, I, in I women's professional I, hockey I couldn't agree with you more I say that with all the love in the world for what the PHF tried to build yeah but the the headbutting with the PWHPA finally came to a head and to be totally honest the PWHPA had a richer backer that you need a benefactor if you want to start a league like this and and, and the P, the PHF could have done this with a rich benefactor. And for all we know, they tried. Yes. I, I don't know what PWHPA's pitch or what the Mark Walter Group and the Billie Jean King Enterprises saw in the PWHPA that they did not see in the PHF. Well, they obviously have better players. I mean, no offense. Every Olympian is in the Canadian and American Olympian was in the PWHPA. So they knew the the stars, the the ones that were playing the making the Olympic rosters, the national team rosters, were not in the PHF. Let's just get that out there on the open, right? So um, that's the first thing is the quality of player. And after that, I mean, I thought the PHF was starting to really kind of put together some, get some momentum. You know, they were getting on ESPN. They were filling their buildings. They, they were, were certainly doing good work. I mean, some of their social media and photography was iffy, but like for the most part, <laughs> I thought the league was definitely cresting, that's going in the a, right direction. That's a shot at, at Kayla, who's on the other side of the table. Uh, in terms of popularity, the PHF, I believe, outstripped the PWHPA. I know I watched the PWHPA, the barnstorming tour that they went on, mainly because I wanted to see players. Um, of that caliber, and because Mira Yalusuo, who you mm-hmm. and I both know very well, was a coach for a couple of those. Yep. Uh, but Mark Walter, who's the controlling owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, cha-ching, cha-ching, comes along and struck a deal. So the PWHBA, they've been partnered with those two groups since May of 2022. This has been almost, this has been over a year in the making, and during that time, the major sticking point, and this is from research that I just did this morning. Obviously, I'm not an expert. The sticking point for the PWHPA players was a contract collective bargaining agreement, which the WNBA, which I believe can be considered the gold standard of professional women's sports in America, right. didn't have for two full years of existence. The players played without a CBA. Right. And we're seeing why CBAs are so important in a way with NFL running backs who are being squeezed out of a market based on age, based on Everything. productivity, whatever. 
So apparently some running backs had a Zoom meeting and they're discussing their next steps, which is a little bit like a running back union forming within the players' union. It's weird. And the PWHPA wanted a union. This is union bargaining. This is the basis of the five-day work week and the 40-hour work week, whatever. So what the PWHPA players, according to some players who have reviewed the current CBA, and this is from an article in June from The Athletic, June 30th, there are five pillars here salaries ranging from 35,000 to 80,000 housing stipends relocation fees medical and dental benefits and parental leave those are all a piece of this CBA the downside obviously PHF player contracts have been voided uh, apparently PHF players are going to get one twelfth of what was left on their contract or five thousand dollars whichever is higher and then it's basically see you later because there's not going to so be room bought, for this. So many Mark Walter bought the league and then just folded it. Pretty much. That's the way and I understood it. From what I've read, is it's going to be six teams. Uh, I don't think we have cities quite yet. No, I I actually expressed said a tweet that it was obvious that Minnesota would be one of them, and I've been squashed on that. What here's, I've been told it's going to be all <laughs> East Coast. The sharp they're, side they're of gonna the knife. Save, they're going to save the trap. Save on travel. The sharp side of the knife is that when a business person buys a business and professional sports is a business, yep. especially when the teams are so young or the league is so young and there are so few teams compared to most professional leagues, they're going to look to cut costs where they can for the time. Being. Travel. Travel is one of those ways. Yep. If you think about yeah. it, if you're in Buffalo, Toronto, Connecticut, Boston, New York, you can make a league that you, everybody can bus and travel to. The Whitecaps were the only team that every time someone played them, they'd have to fly or cost everyone money. else could bus. So yep. it, it cost money. And, and, and they had way enough, higher. They couldn't play their pl- pay their players as much because they had way higher travel expenses than all the other teams. Correct. Correct. Yeah, which I would hope that with Walter's pockets, he'd be able to pay for a couple of flights. As opposed to maybe some of the previous PHL It'd be a lot owners, of flights because but, every uh, time the Minnesota team would have to fly, mm-hmm. or every time a team would have to come to play, it doesn't work to have Minnesota in the league. So I kind of wish I could rescind that tweet. But uh, if you think about it, it's going to make sense where they're going to have five or six teams on the East Coast, and then once it becomes profitable, then there will be a Chicago and a Minnesota team added or something. But like it's that. all based on if it's profitable or not. Right. That's the. Part of the problem with the PHF is that the finances never seem to line up with the league's mm. aspirations. It's funny because the league, with with Minnesota in it, gets great attendance, right? But the attendance doesn't pay for the travel. Nope. And they, ob- that they obviously it, took a while to figure that out. Yeah, charge more. Right. Which is unfortunate. And people won't be able to afford to pl- go to a game. But I mean, want to pay to go to a game. But I mean, there's a reason that wild tickets cost what they cost. There's a reason that Vikings tickets cost what they cost. Number one is because these are businesses and they want to make a profit. But number two is they're trying to offset fuel costs. Uh, players that can't function on bread, milk, and, you know, whatever else at the training table. Like if you're going to pay nutritionists and trainers and psychologists and team psychiatrists and health insurance and all that other stuff, it's got, it's cost money. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So, so I was asked, I couldn't believe how many people since this came out, wherever I was at a rink the last month asking me to explain it. 
Mm. And I couldn't believe how many people were interested in, in it. You know, fans of all forms of fans of hockey were very interested in what the PWHPA was able to pull off. And I was explaining to them what I knew, and it's what we're talking about right now. Well, they they must have better better lawyers, or their players are just better at negotiating. Yeah, well, we'll find out if it works. It'll be exciting to see the cream of the crop playing professional women's hockey in the United States or North America. It will, and obviously, it's a bummer. It's that gonna be great. So many players are out of work, though. I mean, that, that is that was one of my tweets. It was the, it was Naomi Ragi, Naomi Ragi from Eden Prairie, who played at, uh, at UMD. Signed a professional contract in Europe, and she was one of the first. I'm like, and here is, and I said I had a tweet, something like, and here's the effects of the new collective bargaining agreement. She's not in it. She's going to have to go play in Europe because there's not another league for them. But all we can hope for is maturation and an aligned vision at the top. Right. For this new I'm excited. I wonder how many times they're going to change their name. Who knows? Who knows? That was a wise crack there, Peter. Yeah, a little bit. All right, I have on our agenda the NHL draft. Um, <laughs> I happened to be with you the night of the draft. It was during yep. the show, and you were having some fun with the first-round uh, picks from Minnesota mm-hmm. and others that we had seen play, ironically enough, in the show years prior. There were several mm-hmm. that had played in the show, and it was fun to go down memory lane with Joe Riley from ZR Photo. Yeah, because uh, he still had headshots of all of those kids, and seeing Ryan Leonard's tiny little face, and yeah. then watching him get drafted was was pretty cool. We did something a little different with our draft coverage this year. In previous years, I've tried to go after players who might not be guaranteed draft picks. Um, a couple that stand out to me would include Joey Pierce, who yes. was rated very highly by Central Scouting, ended up not getting drafted. It happens, whatever. Uh, but this year, I went the opposite direction and went with Charlie Strammel. Uh, tried to get a hold of Oliver Moore at one point, but that just never materialized. How about the, the 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 TikTok or the tweet of, <laughs> that you guys made? I mean, I felt like we were a real live business at that point. When the you dolphin? Had, no, not the dolphin. Where, where? Who do you want to get picked by? And he's like, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, oh, and I was, was like, ding. You I know, give, I give Kayla all the credit really good. in the world for clipping Kayla, that. That was solid work right there. I was a little um, delayed, but <laughs> I loved it. It, it. it literally, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Literally, I'm on TikTok, and here's this TikTok from my website, my platform, <laughs> and it was that golden content. And it didn't—no offense, it didn't do great, but it was—it oh, it did great with me. Yeah. that's all I cared about. I'm like, yes, I know. I expected that one to be more popular. So did I. I was like, oh, that was yeah. kind of cool. So did I. I thought, oh, that one's me. gonna just blow up, and it was—it blew up in our office. That's all that matters, right? Well. Maybe uh, it didn't blow up because apparently the Minnesota Wild armchair general managers weren't thrilled with the pick. I know. Uh, how do you know? Literally, you when you're a 20th round draft pick, how many times? You know, a guy in the 20s, you're kind of, it's a little bit of a, it's a guesswork. Okay, it's right? a summer pot. How many times am I allowed to swear? None. <laughs> three? Do I get three? No. One. I get one? one. I can bleep right. it out if it's too many. Twitter GMs. I'm thinking of one in Twitter particular. GMs. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say his name. Wow. But this guy is a real doofus. You don't know shit. It's a draft. It's it, a crapshoot. Especially when you I'm get pretty into the 20s. sure that the people who are paid to scout and evaluate and interview and make those picks, I'm pretty sure they know more than 
Billy from Big Lake. I agree. Oh my gosh. I agree. Just the the level of and I understand looking at a pick and maybe thinking to yourself, okay, maybe it doesn't make sense here. What are we getting with this player? But the vitriol that some people had on the internet, why are we taking him? I know. Wait, and the the people who brought up it was struggle, struggled statistically at Wisconsin. If you'd listen to our interview, shameless plug, I asked him about that, and he gave a very logical answer. He said, it was an adjustment. I know I didn't play the best I could have. Uh, I'm 18 years old. I'm going up against guys that are 22, 23. It's a different game. Uh, I will get better. And he was very measured. He was very calm about it. Plus, he was a senior in high school. Plus, he was a senior in high school. He understands what he has to work on. Charlie does. Yeah, but he was a senior in high school. They they didn't draft him that high for no reason. And then everybody geeking over the Perot kid dropping in the first round of the NHL draft. I know. It was so just what were how unreal. many Minnesotans were first rounds? It was just Charlie it was and just the two. Charlie and Charlie and Oliver. Oliver. And the Blackhawks are that, stacked at center for the I next I think William Whitelaw years. was a second round pick too, wasn't he? I don't think he was a second rounder. He wasn't? I okay. wanna say he was third? He's Columbus. I know that. All right, sorry to throw you there, throw you a curve there. Yeah, Whitelaw went to Columbus. Danny Nelson was taken at the top of the second round. Well, close. That was it. Uh, to the Islanders, William oh. Whitelaw, 66 to the Blue Jackets. Tanner Ludke, 81st to the Arizona Coyotes. Jason Shagabay, 115 to Tampa. Hammer Slukinski, 118. Yeah, like two picks to later. L.A., uh, Beckett Hendrickson, 124 to Boston. Eric Polkamp, 132 to San Jose. Aaron Pionk, 149 to Minnesota. Chase Cheslock, 154 to New Jersey. Carson Musser, 166 to Arizona. Jack Harvey, 193 to Tampa Bay. Love Luke Middlestat, 197 to Montreal. And James Clark. <laughs> it's still so funny to see his name is James. James Clark, Jimmy. I laughed. I Jimmy, Jimmy Clark, 213 to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, so they took three Minnesota kids. They did. Wow. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on the draft? No, I'm glad I got that off my chest, though. All right. I'm uh, really excited that Connor Bedard and I use the same stick company. Okay. I, I always think of you two when it comes to that stick. Sherwood. Correct. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Well, the, why don't you tell me what you thought about the draft? Uh, it can't just be me yelling was, at the internet. I was just running the show and running... The combine, I really didn't pay much attention to it, other than, you know, who got drafted and when and where. Um, my work for the draft is done weeks prior to that, and when it all happens, I kind of already am on to the next draft. If you know what I mean, I'm already kind of on down the road. What's your work for the draft? I just observing players <laughs> and where they should be picked. So it was done weeks before. Or are you a scout for an NHL team? I might be. No, you're not. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the Youth Elite League. Are you actually a scout for an NHL team? Let's move on. Okay. Oh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the Youth Elite League. Okay. Um, what is it? Well, here's what it is. I'm it's a collection. It's a collection of eight teams that have a team at the 2011, 12, 13, and 14 level, and then hopefully subsequent years they'll just add in a new level at the younger ages and age out the older ones. Uh, so we only want four. It's going to be basically a squirt and peewee league. I would call it like squirt A 
and squirt double A equivalent, and then PBA and PBAA equivalents, meaning it would be the, so this year's the 14s would be the first year squirts, and then the 13s would be the second year squirts, and then the uh, 12s would be the first year peewees, and the uh, 11s will be the second year peewees. So it's basically a major peewee, minor peewee, that, you know, major squirt kind of thing. Um, it's, it's teams that play uh, in a schedule. Uh, they have scheduled games uh, against one another. Uh, some of those games can be scheduled independently, like a district game, or they can be scheduled in a, um, in a showcase, which will replace the big one. So we won't have the big one tournament anymore. It'll just be a showcase, uh, a yell showcase in early May. And then we'll have a list of number of games. So they'll play anywhere between 8 and 15 league games. And the team with the best points per game uh, gets the highest seed in the AAA state tournament. So then the conclusion of the Youth Elite League will come at the AAA state tournament in early August. So teams can play starting with the first day after the Minnesota youth season to all the way to the 1st of August heading into the AAA state tournament. That's when you can play a league game. So you'll play anywhere between 10 and 15 games. I think some of the northern teams may play fewer games because it's harder to leave town, but they'll gu- they'll guarantee themselves five games um, in the showcase. Does that make sense to you? Kind of. Okay. What doesn't make sense to you? <laughs> the, the the difference in games between the, the teams. The difference in games is you can't. How do you seed somebody if they don't it's play points games? per game? So you, okay. it's a two-point schedule, right? So if you had 16 points in 10 games, you'd have 1.6 points per game. Okay. If you had, uh, if you won all of your games uh, in eight games, you would have 16 points. What, how many points per game would you have there? 2.0. Let me check your math. It's not hard. I, I just did the easiest math you could possibly do. Points per game is the deciding factor. Okay. I got the same thing. Got it? By the way. Got it? Do you want to know what the league is not? Yeah, it was my next question. I didn't know when you were going to be done. The league is not the Bantam Elite League. This is not anything new. We're not reinventing really anything with this league, which has frustrated a few people when we announced the league uh, earlier this summer. It is not the Bantam Elite League for squirts and peewees. They are formed amongst organizations. Here are the organizations. True North Warriors, Northern Wings, Thieves, Hometown Hockey, Minnesota Hockey Club, Blue Army, SDP, and Minnesota Lakers. If you're on one of those in one of those organizations, you'll be in the league. If you're not in one of those organizations, you may want to consider joining one of these organizations because this league will represent what Minnesota hockey, winter hockey looks like inside of the summer. Can I play for multiple teams? You cannot. One player, one team is the main rule of this league. You cannot be on Thieves and Northern Wings at the same time. You cannot play for hometown and SDP in this league. Once you've played for the first team in, in the league, you're automatically ineligible for the other teams until the following season. If I make it to the championship, can I borrow players from the other teams? No, you have a roster of 20 players, and you can play from. you can draw from that roster. Can I have a late checkout? At your hotel? Yep. You could, yes. Okay. 
I can make arrangements for that. As soon as we have dates, I'm going to start plugging those into my calendar. So here's another thing that I think is makes this fun is it's going to be in Bloomington. Both the events the first year will be in Bloomington, kind of our home base. Okay. Um, it will not always be in Bloomington. It will not always be in Bloomington. <gasps> so we'll be having the state tournaments in, in Duluth, Thief River Falls, Moorhead, you know, Grand Rapids. We're going to ha- host the tournament around the state every year. It will rotate, which I think makes it a true state tournament. You like that? Well, I, I'm processing a true state tournament because I always think of the high school state tournament, which has been hosted in St. Paul for ever. Right, right. Yeah. We're going to rotate it, just like the youth. Okay. Uh, it, the trick of it, though, is finding three sheets. You know, it might end up being in Bloomington forever just because of the three sheets. Well, there are four levels, too. Yes. Do you see my idea? There's four, 32 teams. You need, four sheets. You need three sheets for 32 teams. Four is nice, but three. We're going to Rochester. Yes, exactly. We might have it in Rochester. There are no players from that area in the league, but we're going to have it in Rochester. Wow. Well, there's a few. Ice clams and Med Med City Extra. They're not in the league. They're not in the league. Get on that. And the goal is to not necessarily expand the league. That is not the goal. Uh, I I could see the the league expanding to 10 some years and and contracting to 6 maybe some years. But for now, we're at 8. Uh, the goal is to build a league where teams get games against teams that they know who they're playing when they show up at the rink. And you know, we've been through this millions of times in AAA offseason hockey. You never know who's going to be on the ice when you arrive, your opponent when you arrive. But you get to answer to the opposing coach when they notice that it's a different team. Right. It's a lot right. of fun. Those are my favorite conversations. No, it's not. It's not. So I'm excited for it. Uh, great job to Kayla on her launch videos on those. Those got a lot of attention. So good work, Kayla, on getting out to see four or five of the teams. And the teams that weren't noticed complained to us, that, hey, you missed out on our team. I'm like, hey, she could only get to so many teams uh, in the two weeks that we were preparing for that video. So sorry about that we didn't get all eight of them into the video, but. We'll do it our best. That's all we can ask. What's next? Well, we're going to roll into something that has the same teams pretty much every year. Yes. You're going to tell me about your West Coast swing through Edmonton and yes. Anaheim. Yes. It was a 12 days um, of hotels for me. Uh, eight without my family and the last four with my family. Uh, but I had family with me. Uh, people from Minnesota were with me in Edmonton, and so was Matt Jasper, who did some excellent work, by the way, on his videos in Edmonton. Um, so I was with Jazzy for a week, and I got Tony Lancette, uh with me. He was a good friend. His son, Bo, did quite well in the brick. And then I spent some time with Nick Anthony, Paul Kosky, Todd Kelsenberg, uh, and that crew from the Team Minnesota 2010s for a few days, too. That's a really fun group of parents. Todd Kelsenberg is the most famous person you just mentioned there. Um, Yeah. No, nope, it's not even a discussion. Yeah, Todd Kelsenberg, probably. 1995, Mr. Goalie. Yep. Uh, the most yep. famous person you mentioned. Over Nick Anthony? Yep. Okay. All right. How about Nick Anthony's brother-in-law? I don't know who that is. Keith Ballard. Kevin Ballard? Keith Ballard. Ah, Todd Kelsenberg. Okay, all right, it's close. It's close. Um, okay, so do you want to start at the brick? 
I'd like to get yeah, your me. opinion okay. of the brick because you were not on site for it. I so wasn't. I would like to see what your kind of like an outsider's perspective versus an insider who is basically inside the ropes for the entire thing. It felt like, and this is something that I gleaned from looking at some scores from the Bower Spring shootout from the Team Pennsylvania showcase. Right. It was a year that was up for grabs. The Toronto area teams that Who usually are traditionally yeah. final four teams, uh, they didn't have any super recognizable names. I'm not saying they weren't good. I'm just saying Toronto wasn't Toronto, Toronto this year. I will say it was cool to see some different teams. Play yep, really like well. Detroit. It's fun to see Detroit play really well because Agreed. typically they go about 500. Yep, and that, um, out. It was. I wrote an article that dubbed Saskatchewan as the most entertaining team because all of their <laughs> games had 15 goals. You're it was so nice to Saskatchewan. They were it was terrible, amazing. Peter. They were terrible. You're bi- you're mean. I'm just saying they were. That was the worst you're Saskatchewan mean. team I've ever seen. You're you're a jerk. I'm just telling it it is. Look at the record. The record was not pretty. I thought it was cool that Montreal was good. Yes. I think that's always fun. They always have some cool polos. Their coaches wear the same polos every game. Unlike Team Minnesota, which has a different outfit for every game. They were good. Uh, it was fun to see Minnesota do well. I mean, we, I don't know. Um, did you watch the game, the championship game? I did. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. You tweeted it. Thank you, by the way. Um, What was your take takeaway on that game? It was a good game. A lot of skill. I was uh, quite impressed with this group. I said it in, I think I wrote it in the article, something to the degree of this was the best Minnesota team I've ever seen in this tournament. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. year's 2012 team and the 2006 teams who both lost in the finals were arguably way more talented than this team. I mean, you look back at the Simon Seidel and uh, Max Plant and that group, you know, Ben Miller, that was a ultra-talented group that they had. And last year's team, that top line from Team Minnesota was as entertaining as a team, as confident a team I've ever seen. I mean, they were just so confident. Um, But this team was a team. I mean, they, they, they played... 5D, 6D, uh, that all could play. They played three lines the entire tournament. Um, and they were behind, it seemed like, in almost every game um, at some point and found a way to confidently come back and win every game. They were undefeated until the final, you know, until the final period of that game. They were, it was just such a wonderful effort, many individual efforts. It wasn't just one individual effort. You know, you had this Tanner Peterson who had a hat trick in the championship game. You had the the back to back Uncle's B days. You had Henry Corwin, the pride of the Como Area Hockey Association. <laughs> Who's that? Jesse Uncle's B. Is he? Yeah. Um, and then he played at Hillmary. <laughs> <laughs> but what an unbelievable group of kids! They just battled. Um, they got good goaltending. They got great D. They they got everything. They just kind of put it all together and. Uh, it was really hard to watch them lose that game. Here's a sidebar. Funny I should be ripping on uh, Saskatchewan. Rude. It's the championship game, and it's kind of an unwritten. It's not like written anywhere specifically, but the little, uh, we'll call it bullpen, where all the parents can sit. Yeah. On the railing. On the railing. And there's little bleachers there, and I was standing in the bleachers shooting my photos and videos that day, 
And a couple kids come in from Saskatchewan in the first period, late in the first period. Mm-hmm. And then uh, at the end of the second period, maybe a couple more came in in the second period. By the third period, it was all these Saskatchewan families. And uh, yep. the Minnesota families were like, hey, can we just have our space? We're trying to cheer. We're trying to make this happen. And and they were like, no, you can't tell us to leave. And it kind of became this verbal back and Ooh. forth. Right? It, wasn't, it wasn't pretty. And then when when uh, the Canadians went up five, it was four to three, and they went out five to three, what do you think the Saskatchewan families did? They really cheered excited. for the Canadians, and it just got ugly in the stands. And I was like, you know what? I so I said dumb. to the I said to the dad, I go, I go, I understand why these kids are doing that, but you're an adult. Act like an adult and and do the right thing and leave. And like, oh yeah, you're Minnesota people. I'm like, I am from Minnesota, but I don't have a kid on this team, and I'm just unbiased. Here. You're now being a complete p word, and I hopefully had something to do with them leaving shortly after that. Well, just was bad move by Saskatchewan. It was like a total bush league is my, in my opinion, there's a, there's a protocol. Yeah. And this sounds, this sounds like we're at the U S open, but there's a protocol to the limited viewing at the brick on the railing. Yeah. For everything up until the playoffs, it's first come first serve. Correct. But Teams do have their area. They have the right where they're supposed to. And yes, I said right. I know we're at a mall. We're right next to like a freaking Volcom store. But team team parents are supposed to have easy access to viewing the ice. That's just kind of like duh. Right. And for the championship game, yes, kids from every team are, are there. standing there. I got squeezed out by. Uh, Jack Allgood and a couple of his buddies the year I was there for the ch- last year for the championship game, and they got must have been hit because he was on the ice. No, oh, because they, got, they were you were for the Elevens. They lost the Elevens in, se- in the semis. No, you're talking about the Elevens. Allgood and those guys were there. Allgood was in the championship game last year. You're thinking the Elevens. Mm, yes, it was the Elevens, but 11s. Jack was there because he was with he the was 12s. trying to get a seat. Yes, so yes, the kids they like the Pied they Piper. Swarm. You're standing there and there's they swarm and. In the hierarchy, it goes uh, team, parents, and siblings, and then it goes players. Like right, right underneath, players should be able to watch. Obviously, yep. they're in the tournament. They're small enough where they're yep. not going to get in anybody's way. These were like big brothers and parents. It was bad. But I feel like if you're a team who's not in the championship game, you don't really have any room to squeeze in. There. No, no. That sounds so awkward. All right, let's talk about the war. Why would you want to do that? I know. So it was great. I would hats off to Billy Hengen and the whole crew. They were awesome. That's at the end of the day, they were awesome. Women's assistant coach. Yes, it's another piece of news. Absolutely. So war for the roses. uh, Minnesota goes up there again. A really nice team. They lose two nail biters to start the tournament. And however the team, however it was set up, was horrible. They had a plus <laughs> like they had a plus ten differential. Uh, I remember writing the recap for this and thinking, "Wait a minute, it was terrible." <laughs> Wait, <laughs> yeah, there was a team in the other pool. It was one and four. The minus twenty differential made the playoff, and our team didn't make the playoff. Yeah, how it was set up was just terrible. So, That's all I'm gonna say. It's just, I, and I never tweeted that. By the way, I kept it above board as I possibly could, but I was upset. And the reason I was probably the most upset, Peter 
in the rule, and I don't have the exact verbiage, it said the committee reserves the right to make a decision if it's if it's logical and equitable. I'm like, this would be the case of logical and equitable that to put Minnesota in and not Illinois selects who lost by a you know average of minus twenty points in four and five games. Think about that for a second. I, I understand your anger. I understand. But I don't think that provision is in the tournament rules to change the structure of the tournament. It said it would. They said they could change it, and they didn't. That's You should not ever put that. I agree. Uh, I couldn't I, believe it was in there. I spent 12 hours as a paralegal. Don't ever put that in your <laughs> tournament program. Correct. Don't Correct. do that. But, yes, it's unfortunate that a 1-5 team got into the 1-4, and, and they got beat. So. Yes, they did, which is... I That's don't even think they really deserve. They knew they didn't deserve it too. So, all in all, the lobby at the Double Tree in Edmonton is the place to be. Did you They're, stay? Did you stay at the same place we stayed at last year? No, I stayed what? at the Double Tree. Now, I, the our team Minnesota girls stayed. The 09 stayed at the Double Tree, and I went over there. I'm like, this is where it's all happening. All the teams are staying here. Not you know, several of the teams are staying there. So. That's even I more stayed. of a reason to stay at a different. No, hotel. it was fun. It was fun. I never <laughs> felt like I was bothered, except a couple times the uh, 2010 families were like, "Hey, uh, you have to be in room 610 right now." And I was kind of in the process of making lots of content, so I was not able to always socialize with them as much as I would have liked. So, what's up with the room 610? What's uh... it was sweet too. This place, the sixth floor, had two. Level rooms, rooms with like two floors. Seems like a bit much for a double tree. It was sweet. It was cool looking rooms. I always struggled to get a second bar of soap at the double tree. <laughs> it was good. So uh, all in all, a good trip for Minnesota up yeah. to the to Edmonton this year for that ten day stretch. Yeah, that's a it's a good time to shout out our twenty thirteens who lost in the semifinals uh, in Anaheim. The OC freeze out. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your trip to the West Coast. I, I went know you there. went to a restaurant called Javier's. How did you know that? Because you sent me a picture of the menu, and that's it's Oreos for Debbie. Oh, yeah. I was Sorry. like, oh, thanks for the reminder that you're in uh, Anaheim. Javier's was a, just a, there was this uh, mall area uh, near our hotel that had some really nice restaurants. And uh, we went there. It was, I, I would call it overpriced. Uh, Mexican food. It was, it was delicious. Real, it was deli- I mean, literally every meal, every entree was thirty five dollars. That's how you know it's good. Yeah, it wasn't good. I mean, it was okay, but it wasn't thirty five dollars. Okay. Did you get the feeling? I always get this feeling, and then I feel crappy about going out to eat. Like I could have made that at home. Yeah, this know. was good, but I mean, like there was a Takira that was a block away from my hotel that I before my family got there. Um, I ate there like three times. It was delicious. I'd never seen uh, uh, a maker of a street taco take the tortilla and scoop the asada right out of the serving tray and put it on there. Usually wow. you scoop it on. Yeah. With his hands, he grabbed it with the deal and put it on there and put this, put the uh, cilantro and onions on there. Was he wearing a glove? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was sweet. It was kind of a cool delivery. It was really good. That was better than than Javier's. Sorry. Sorry, Javier's. We'll and leave you a Yelp review. And our um, team, Minnesota, did quite well. So did the machine. They both lost in the semifinals. Uh, team Minnesota, who I coached, um, uh, won their pool and then won a quarterfinal game. And lost. But here's the deal. 
We were losing four to nothing to Boston. Here's why we lost. We were losing four to nothing Boston. We may have put in our top line a little bit more than we should have late in the game and ended up scoring five goals in the third period and defeating Boston five to four. And I remember going through the handshake line and looking at these girls from Boston. They were all crying because they just lost a heartbreaker. This was in pool play. In pool play. So when they got us in the semifinals, I'm like, they are not going to forget that game on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever time it was. And they played, they played like it. They wanted it more in the semifinals. So hats off to Vivian Vogel. She had like 14 goals. 14 goals. <laughs> That's unbelievable. But did not lead the tournament. No, this other. Yeah, this other girl from... Allie Ebert. Yeah, from uh, Connecticut Junior Rangers. 15 goals. They lost to Boston, though. They did. I think Boston was a good team. I thought our team... I'm, I'm going to be biased. I thought we had the better team. Um, and I, we will see them next year at NAIF. They're going to be in, in Minnesota next year. So we'll right. another rematch with those guys next year. Should be fun. The 2012 team Minnesota girls lost their. I just spit. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Uh I just spit all over my laptop. They lost what? Anyway, they lost their first two games. In Couldn't Vegas, believe it. And then all of a sudden, www. <laughs> I know they won like five or six in a row, and strung together a nice team. That's a good team. I mean, the yeah, whole 2012. The 2012 uh, Aaron Levine's team won in Winnipeg. Uh, Vince's team won in NAIF. Uh, Aaron Levine's team won the Stars and Stripes over in in Edina, and um, and then now Vince goes out and wins. Vince's team goes out and wins in Vegas. So a real nice run for the 2012s uh, this year uh, for Team Minnesota. Do you know what the best part of the Vegas tournament was? Mm, that picture of their champions pick in that rink was sure they beautiful, got to it? play in the yes. Vegas Golden Knights practice yes. facility. Look, go- just gorgeous. They didn't have Absolutely to play gorgeous. every game at the Las Vegas Ice Center. No, that's a which dump. is like a Bed Bath and Beyond with two sheets of ice. I'm uh, involved with our 2013 crew because I just fell in love with these kids and the parents and the families and the coaches. Uh, I'll be coaching with them again next year, and they said. I said, under one uh, circumstance, I will not be at the Vegas tournament because why not? I'm not just a Vegas July. It's not person. even Vegas. It's like it's North Vegas July something. just doesn't do it for me. There's air conditioning, but uh, looks like we might be going to Calgary. You love uh, next Vegas. year. I like Calgary more than Vegas. Sorry. Wait, Calgary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calgary. You're wearing a Calgary hat right now. This is a big deal for me. Have you ever been to Calgary? No. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go to the Calgary all the time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that on a different episode. But you know why I wear the Calgary hat. You're a Flames fan, I know. Lanny McDonald. Yeah, I love him. All right, what's up? I got national Are we coming back to national camp? Yeah, we are. All right. I'm going to release a list. My top 255 standouts. From an event that only has a hundred players, no, I, I love just that. Poking a little bit of fun at neutral zone. <laughs> neutral no, zone does I, that, but neutral okay. cares. They're but good. neutral zone does the work. That's what I like about they do. Those they guys. do great. work. They do the work, and I said, and what down, they're trying to do is get people to read their stuff and pay right. for the subscription. I don't have any problem, with which that. I get. Yeah, but what I will say about neutral zone is that one of their representatives came at the Blue Ox and chatted for they a come while. Come every year, was, no, but he was asking about player personalities 
what they were like off the ice. They, they're doing legitimate scouting work. There does seem to be an influx of internet scouts, though, who watch a live yeah. stream and then come up with a list of the top players. Correct. So we're going to avoid any sort of scouting speak during this very basic right. recap. Okay. Uh, congratulations to the kids selected to the Ivan Linka Gretzky. Oh, they haven't picked it yet, have they? No, that's today. They're in their camp today in Carson Pilgrim. I would bet he does not get chosen, and I think he was going to be chosen. Uh, he left the camp uh, this past weekend for obvious reasons. Uh, yep. His stepdad, uh, Michael, passed away. So that's one who wasn't there, but who else was there? Well, that's that's totally understandable. Yeah. Though. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Minnesota native selected for the 2023 Linka Gretzky Cup camp, uh, Caleb Hale and Cam Hendrickson. Heil. Tenders, whatever. Heil. <laughs> Heel. Uh, Adam Kleber, Hawk Huff, Jackson Smith Connect, John Stout, Henry Lechner, Carson Pilgrim, Ashton Schultz, and Will Zellers. It's a good group. It is. It's a very, very good group. A name that I was a little surprised to see is Hawk Huff. Yes. I just haven't seen Hawk Huff play enough. Apparently, he's morphed into a total star. Always been a good player. Yeah, he's always been solid. Yeah. But, I mean, like Adam Kleber, that's kind of a dub. Yeah, it's a good Hawk Huff is a little bit more of a, oh, that's yeah, fun. I love it. Uh, Minnesota's Will Zellers led Team Minnesota. Nine points. Nine points. I saw that. Oh, what do we got? 16s and 17s. Bit of an odd an odd tournament. Felt like girls and boys, 16s and 17s were both. Their their capsules that I wrote were a little smaller okay. than the top age groups and the bottom age groups. I don't totally know why that is. Uh, Cooper Simpson led all Minnesotans with four goals and eight points, and then Sam Spihar followed with seven points, and he also assisted on the game-winning goal for Team Blue during the All-Star game. Just this year, Sam Spihar ends up playing hockey this year. I've heard 90 different versions. I believe his scout book capsule said undecided. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then Simpson will be in the USHL. Tri-City. Tri-City. Yep. Fifteens, Easton Wallos. That last name should be familiar. My goodness. Yeah. What a character that kid is, huh? Yes. <laughs> Love him. Uh, Zane Torrey was second in points with 12. Wallace Another kid 13. that we know pretty well. And then the two leading Minnesotan scorers uh, don't play Minnesota hockey anymore. Uh, Dylan Dean. He had a who, goal and six, six assists. A maybe? goal and six. And then Parker Trottier had two and five. Two and five, So yeah. Trottier will go back to Shattuck, and then Dean will be with the Long Island Gulls yep. this season. Uh, shouldn't let it go without mentioning Xavier Went. He stopped forty nine of fifty shots. You know what I saw That's and and nuts. I don't have bring a tape measure to the rink, and I I saw him play this year mm-hmm. uh, down at Shattuck. He's listed in the program as six foot three. Six, it's listed six, in the three. Look at your little guidebook. It said six foot three. I don't want to pull up fifteen different towns. <laughs> like this. what? Six three. He's never been to me. He's not a. Uh, Carithers type, you know, like he's a big, he's always been a tall kid. Cash Cruitt's been a tall goalie. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of Xavier Went as a tall goalie before. Let's see what his, his elite prospects says he's 5'11, 146. That's more believable. That's more believable. Okay. 6'3. He went 27 and 2 for Shattuck. Last well, year. yeah, it was a good team. He's a pretty darn good goalie, right? Very there. good. Yep. All right. Published a little something, something on the girls. And to me, this is more important because they're competing for a chance uh, to play at the IIHF under 18 women's world championship. Sorry to the Linka Gretzky cup, far more invested in the U 18 world's worlds. Yeah. 
nine Minnesotans are going to move on to the Just kind of back up a step here for sure. And the reason we don't, the Holinka is nice, but it is kind of the second level of U.S. player. The, the U18 Worlds is made up, is played in the spring, and it will be made up of players that are primarily on the National Development Program. Yep. Just so everybody knows, like, oh, we're not, we're not like dissing on the Holinka. Holinka no, I'm is, dissing on the Holinka. The Holinka is actually the first event that NHL scouts really lock in. It's true. So you ever, it is I important. A, it's an important event. I have a book that I'm going to loan you. It's called Future Greats and Heartbreak. Okay. And it's uh, a reporter who embedded in the scouting world for a year. And the first chapter is about the Linka Cup. Nice. So the nine Minnesotans who are going to move on to the festival, a trio of goaltenders, Nora Hannon, Layla Hemp, and Ashlyn Hazlitt. That's and three of the seven are goalies. Correct. Kendra Distad, Sawyer Fleming, Lauren Goldsworthy, Mackenzie Jones, Isla Puppy, and Josie St. Martin. Distad, Hemp, and Martin are repeats. Right, right. So no surprise there. Nope, no I real thought surprise. The big surprise was uh, Courtney Little did not make it. That would have been the one that I was like, Ooh, that's the one I would have thought would have made it. You could make a case for Lauren Mack as well, who finished just behind Nicole Gorbatenko and Elle Sproul. Sproul? 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 Yeah. Um, she was the highest scoring Minnesotan in the camp. She had four assists. Okay. Good All showing right. for Minnetonka, though, out of the U18. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now Mercury. we're just waiting for them to make a good showing in the state tournament. Uh, it's just, Is that a fair? That's a fair shot, yeah, isn't it? That's mean. I'm that's the mean guy mean. today. That's not mean. That's that, mean. All that talent, all that talent, all those Division One logos next to names on their roster, they should be winning a state championship. They've got a really cluttered line chart, don't they? Yes. Uh, I think it's going to be a great team this year. <laughs> Mercury Bischoff led all Minnesotan skaters at the 16-17 camp with two goals and five points, was not, but however, not move invited up. to the under-18 select camp. Yep. You know who did get invited to the under-18 select camp after playing in the 16-17 camp? Michaela Moran. Michaela Moran and? Uh, Lillian Hunts, maybe? Nope. Nora Hannon, Zoe Rimstad, oh. and Ashlyn Haslett. <laughs> all goalies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, in this... At this age group, four of the eight goalies were Minnesotans. Right. And then three of them ended up bumping up to the U18s. Right. No, it was four. It was four at the U18s, three at the 16s, 17s. Right. It's a good showing for Minnesota yeah. goaltenders. Oh, it is. Uh, speaking of goaltenders, Jenny McGon stopped 42 of 43 shots. Uh, On the week? Select, select 15s. Yep. Ah, nice. This is all happening in Miami, Ohio, isn't it? Uh, yes. Okay. In Oxford, Ohio. Paris of Ohio. At some point, we'll make it there. Yeah. I think next yeah. year, we will make it to Oxford, Ohio. Just get an Airbnb. No, I just think at some point, we would month. do a crossover. We would be at, you know, the last three days of one and the first two days of the other or something like that. Yeah, it's something we can talk about. Yeah. Uh, Cindy Bernovic and Catherine Zakrychek were the highest scoring Minnesotans with four points each. Kylie Melkovich led the entire camp. With six points. Is she considered Minnesota now? Kylie Milkovich. She's she somebody. Get a Minnesota address? I, mean, I know her mom lives in. Her, her, home, her hometown is listed as Faribault, but okay. she also has several friends who are Minnesota natives. Oh, yeah. So if she ever ended up on a Minnesota high school roster. No one would be shocked. No. Is this the time when we talk about girls ending up on Minnesota high school rosters? Can we do that now? We can. Because I would love to hear. I think our fans of girls hockey would love to hear. That there's a couple West Fargo kids moving into the state. 
I think I mentioned this during the winter after Dangle Fest because that West Fargo team it was loaded was not it wasn't simply the best team at that tournament that team had a shot at winning the 15A state championship in Minnesota. They would have they were been so in the polished. They would have been in the finals. Such a good skating team. They moved the puck so well. And I asked the West Fargo coach afterwards. I said, "What are the odds that you guys can hang on to any of these players?" What do you say? He just kind of gave me a look and he said, "It's going to be tough." Yeah. It's going to be tough. Yeah. And it is going to be tough. There are 12 teams in North Dakota for girls high school hockey. There are 12. There are, not a lot. There, are, there are like 12 teams in the Northwest Suburban Conference. It's not here. a lot. Yeah. And the obviously the level of play shrinks and grows based on who sticks around. Well, and look at doesn't. Riley Bartz last year from I'd Fargo see. North. You know, So I consider everybody in the Fargo, West Fargo area, and I mentioned this before we went on, free as agent. free agents. It's true. Because they Sad will be true. looking for other opportunities. So Riley Iverson, who is a defender. Outstanding that uh, we were both really impressed with from that West Fargo team. She is slated to attend Holy Angels. That's crazy. Next season. And then Carly Call Brainer or Brenner, Brenner, Brenner. Uh, yep. is listed as going to Warroad for next season. Not surprising. It's not. And honestly, for those West Fargo girls, what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to play for West Fargo United and beat Hazen Beulah 17 times a season? No. If you want to play with the best, the best happened to be across the Red River, and it's not that big of a move, to be no, totally honest. Uh, Avery Hovland is another West Fargo player to keep an eye on. The, when you're going through the scouting notebooks for these USA hockey camps, there is, um, there's a spot for your 2022-2023 team, and then there's a slot for your 2023-2024 team. Now, some of those slots read undecided, and I learned from a parent that that might be because you just don't fill out that part because you're not going anywhere. Right. But... Hovland is a West Fargo player who it says undecided on her scouting notebook. So yeah. we'll see. Um, how about you? Did you pick out someone else who might be moving? Like we had Tal Hansen, we already know is headed to Benil. Yep. Is there another uh, one on there? Emma Maytack is listed as attending Benil next Benil. year. She was on that. She was on that uh, 15U team. Yep. There was another one that you told me that was sub, somewhat of a surprise. Was it? There was someone else. I don't want to go through the whole list of undecideds because I don't. No, there's not enough merit to it. No, just the ones where they were listed. Maybe we've 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 knocked them all out. Yeah, there are two players coming from Minnesota made. Yeah, that doesn't. You want to go down that road? No, I don't. (laughs) All right, that's all I got. That's what's it. All right, are we on to our next segment? Yeah, we're moving on to the elite league. All right, uh, when everybody's been waiting. Boys elite league rosters were named. I believe the girls. Team uh, who made the league was announced this week too. I thought I saw some in social media, Instagram stuff where where girls were making the league. Um, the last thing I've got on the girls high school elite hockey dot com is tryouts June sixteenth right. to the eighteenth. Right. Someone I think they've been notified. Maybe they were sent an email for registration or something like that. But uh, right. there's nothing out officially. Nope. What was your assignment for the elite league? My assignment for the elite league was to pick your favorite team and then one player from each of the eight teams that you are excited to see this fall. Not necessarily the biggest guns, but a player that you've seen over the course of a couple of years who just happens to be a personal favorite. You like the way they play. You like the adjustments they've made to their game. And I've got one player from each team. I hope that you do too. I have a player from each team, but I uh, 
don't have my favorite team, so now I gotta get to work here. You um, don't have your favorite team yet? What? No. I just no. Well, while you're looking for your favorite team, I want you to riddle me this. Can you name the last year in the Elite League where Irondale had more players than Maple Grove? You know that one uh, gif where the the uh, the cat is, like, hammering the keyboard? Yep. That would be what I'm doing right now, trying to find out. Both hands. Trying to find... Who, when that would have been? I don't think it would ever have happened. It did not happen. This is the first. I can't imagine it. No. Obviously, there are outstanding circumstances where some of the best Maple Grove kids are either slated to play for a USHL team, so they didn't even bother trying out. Or if you're like a Sammy Nelson, you're just too young to play in the league for right, right now. Or if you're Danny Nelson, you you know left. You've already got moved on. You've already moved on. So those are some of the... That's context that should yeah. be added. But good for Irondale. Yep, Irondale has two. Alex Sabev. Sabev. I hope I'm saying that correctly. And Barassa, right? And then another Barassa. Yeah, I saw that. Gavin Barassa. Yeah. I see those kids all the time. Barassas? The Irondale kids. At least last year, they do some of their summer skates at Roseville. Got it. And I would bump into them showing up for old man hockey. I believe that. None of them want to hang out and play with us. I, don't, I, I can't imagine why. zero. All right, are we picking favorite team first? Yeah, I've got mine ready to go. What's yours? Uh, well, you go first. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to jump on yours. My favorite team and the team. If I had to go to an elite league game, it would be somebody playing MSP Magazine. Look at the size among the forwards on this team: Cam Kaiser, Northfield, KJ Sauer, Andover, Louis Weeman. Is it Weeman or Weeman? Weeman. Pro- he's still at Providence. Mm, I've heard he might be moving. Still but- at Providence. Providence for now. All right, and then Jimmy Egan. So you've got at least four forwards that are KJ, over six foot two. Is that MSP Magazine? Yeah. You left out KJ Sauer. I just and said Max K- Anderson. Did I not just say KJ Sauer? I was, he did say KJ I just Sauer. said KJ oh, yeah, Sauer. Sorry. Look at all that size. That's some size. That's a good team. That's a fun I team. I like that That's team. a fun team. I like that team. If I was picking, I probably would have picked that one. But I'm going to go with this uh, Map South team. Homer. Um, I'm, I love Jackson Ernst, uh, love, uh, the D they have Dodig, uh, Cronin, um, Emerson that's, and lot Cottingham. That's a good D you're going to win games with good D. Um, and then obviously, uh, I'm biased to my boy, Henry Lechner, uh, from Bloomington, Holy Angels kid, uh, Chuck Owens, Creighton kid, uh, Will Dosh, another Bloomington kid. This is a good squad. I like it. That's my squad. I'm going to go with uh, Map South on that one. All right. Do you have your eight players selected? I don't. I only have seven teams. I have seven teams. So TCO, Sit, TDS, Map South, MSP, Mag, Base, and Sanford Health. That's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven. I have eight players though. Okay, great. (laughs) I have I have a player from each of those eight teams, Peter. I do. Okay, great. Uh, TCO. I'm going to go with Tate Block. Uh, that would be Prairie. a. I would call him a steady, stay-at-home defender, uh, mistake-free, undersized, a little bit. Uh he's not. He's not thick. I'm saying undersized sure. is, and he's not six feet tall. I don't know. I don't know how tall he is. Super smart player, though. Watching him last year, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, it was like seeing a total metamorphosis 
into a really, really scout speak heady player, especially along the blue line and top of the offensive zone. Doesn't matter what level, eventually uh, figure it out faster than the ones that can't. So he figured it out. I like tape block. I'm going Carson Clark, raw, athletic, uh, puck rusher. Uh, He can play basically any role on the blue line that you want. Power play guy, um, penalty killer, defender, puck rusher. He's got all the tools to be one of the best defensemen in the state this year. Who does he play for? I he's listed as Wyzetta. Okay. Um, he was uh, on the Blake School the last two years as an eighth and ninth grader. So I think uh, he's transferred to Wyzetta. That's a really good blue line for Wyzetta. If you factor oh my goodness, De Saint Hubert. Yes, is that? Do you yeah. pronounce De Saint Hubert? Yeah, Hubert. All right, team sit. Ryan Flaherty. Mm, I was going to pick from him. From Edina. I was going to pick him. So watching Ryan last year. It would have been year, funny had you we picked the same kid. I wonder if we're going to pick the same kid. We honestly might. If we do, it's fine. Because last year, and I mentioned this too. You've already called me off on Cam Kaiser, by the way. To, so I can't uh, pick Cam Kaiser. You stole him. We'll get to Cam Kaiser. All right. I mentioned this to Kurt Giles after watching Ryan during our Christmas tournament. And Ryan has always had a good shot. He's always been a goal scorer, really accurate, good hard shot. But he's completely changed into this Patrice Bergeron type. I'm not saying he's Patrice Bergeron. Right. This defensive forward who can shadow another team's best player. He plays physical. He plays nasty. He plays just as hard on the penalty kill as he does at five on five and on the power play. He is someone who has completely embraced his role at the high school level and is playing it to the hilt. Do you have a... Do you have somebody in your life you just run into in random spots all the time? Laura. That's not random because that's your fiance. <laughs> so you don't have someone like that? Well, my someone is Ryan Flaherty. I see Ryan Flaherty in just random spots all over town. It's so strange. That's weird. You guys don't even live in the same town? No. Nope. I run into him at Dick's. Bars, restaurants, you name it. You run into Ryan Flaherty at the bar. Well, I mean, Hilltop is a <laughs> bar or restaurant type place. He wasn't there drinking, so don't read into this. He was there with his family <laughs> having dinner. I just think it's kind of funny. Uh, TDS, Sylvester LaPai. Oh, I didn't say my sit. My sit. Ah, Jackson dang it. Smith Connect. Why? Uh, just Tell me about Jackson. Just, He's, uh, he's a, a real, tall. real good hockey player. I don't. I ignore his height. I try to watch his skill level and not his height and length. Uh, I think he's got skill. Uh, I remember he was a forward, and he's transitioned back to D nicely. I think he's going to be a great high school hockey player. I think he might even be a better college hockey player I than think he's so high too. school hockey. He's still so he's still learning how to control. He's got a those, little bit of that. limbs. He's know. got a little bit of that Sam Renzel in him. You know, where he's just slowly but surely getting better. TDS, what do you got? Bloom at your own pace. Yep. Uh, Sylvester LaPai. For TDS? Yep. Okay, because you left off. You realize you didn't pick the best hockey player in the league. I said favorite. I didn't say (laughs) The best hockey player in this league is Ashton Schultz. Okay. And you did not pick him. No, I didn't. I picked Vessi LaPai. I'll take Vessi any day. Over Ashton Schultz? He plays like a tank. Okay. I, I love Vessi. I love him. But he's not as good as Ashton Schultz. Ashton Schultz will he will destroy this league. He's such what a is athletic. He will, he will have like. at least 30 points in this league. At least 30 points. You're going to call it right now? I'm calling it right, All right. now. I'm going to write that down. Kayla, 
<laughs> you, yeah, uh, are you raising your voice because she can't hear you well enough through the she ear- might not earphones? Be. Kayla! She's right there, and she has earphones on who can hear you at her. Kayla, write it down. There you I go. I already did. Okay, Good. thanks. Uh, uh, Map South. I already used this name. Henry, Henry Lechner. Okay. My That's boy right. from Hell Angels. Love the kid. Oh, why? He's a power forward. You know, there aren't many power forwards, you know, that truly embrace taking the buck harder than that. Uh, and he's got great hands, great skill. He's one of those smart guys out there, makes the right play all the time. Uh, I've got Jackson Ernst. Mm, like Lightning him. in a bottle. Nine goals, 18 points last season. For the Cougars, still young, coming into his junior year now. He's been on the Cougars for two seasons. It takes some time to adjust to the high school level, especially the schedule, as we've discussed. It's less games, more practices, and now you're yawning. Yep, sorry. But when Jackson Ernst has the puck, I don't know if I've seen a faster player over the last few years. Thoughts, Kayla? Jackson is very good. <laughs> wow. There what we go. Lakeville South. What am I supposed to say? I like watching Jackson play. All right. All right. I'm not a I'm not a what do you call yourself? Hockey mind? I don't Genius. play hockey. Genius. Yeah, Gene, is Genius. that what you call yourself? Guru. Guru. I don't know. The best part about Jackson from my perspective is that every time I take a picture of him, he's smiling. <laughs> he's like in a fist fight and Are I'll zoom smiling? in and he's like <laughs> hey, the kids who enjoy playing <sighs> tend to play well. I have a picture of him getting punched in the head and he's smiling. So I'm pretty sure Carter has tried punching him in the head before. Probably. 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 I guarantee that. <laughs> All right. Team five. All right. MSP. Spe- speaking of players who are always smiling, Cam Kaiser, who is a, a personal favorite of both of ours, love Cam Kaiser. Big, mean, scored 40 goals last season, and he's starting to get a little bit of a taste of that national stage playing USA Hockey Select 17. It's always fun to see a kid from a program like Northfield, kind of like Isla Puppy, getting that recognition and then getting to test their game against some of the best competition in the country. Uh, yeah, good player. Fantastic player. Uh, I'm trying to look for a picture right now of my guy because I think he might be smiling in every picture of his, but I don't have him on here. Sorry. Sorry, Max Anderson. Max Anderson's my guy. I got a great picture of him after he had like a two or three goal game in the section final over at Braemar. Um he had, he had a great state tournament, and he had a great national camp. Max Anderson's game is caressing right now. I think he's going to be one of those kids that's one of the first kids to go off the board in that 2026 class because he's a late 07. He just screams coach's kid when he's out. <laughs> there you go, ice. right? Nobody finds open ice easier than Max Anderson. Correct, correct. All right, a new addition to the Elite League, base – what is it? It's base elite – yeah, it's just base performance. Base That's, performance, which apparently is representing the North. Yeah, they just became a sponsor in the league. Yeah. So if I had to pick one, it would be Noah Manasaw from Bemidji. Bemidji. 5'11", 170. He's a good skater, six goals, 19 points last year for the Lumberjacks, second on the team in points as a defender. He's got some get-up-and-go to his game, and he's part of this Bemidji group that played Junior Islanders together forever during the summer. Yeah. Bemidji could be a decent team next year, and I think Manasaw would be. be a big part of that. They could be very good. So, And this is uh, MSP, right? Oh, base. I was base. base. I got uh, uh, 
hailing out of um, God, it's totally drawing a blank here. Uh, I'm going Thomas Gunderson. I was trying to think of what park he played out of. Uh, um, Congdon. Congdon. He's a Congdon kid. Uh, Thomas Gunderson has always been one of the better players in this age group. Uh, good player. I think that uh, the base team is going to struggle early because they're really young. But because they got good goaltending, I think at the end of the end of the season, the base team will be one of the better teams. If you had to guess, over under 50 points last season for Thomas Gunderson, just knowing what you know about him, would you say over under 50 points? I, I think you're suckering me into this. I think he went over 50 points. Okay, do you want to play closest to the hole? Sure. Okay, he was over 50 53. points. 51. Yeah. 22 See, not goals. Surprised. 20. He also played last year for Kowalski's, which I believe the base is replacing. He had 24 points and 20 elite In the games. league. That's pretty good. Not That's surprised. pretty good. Not surprised. All right, Sanford Power, not orthopedics. Now, this would not be the best player on the team, but this is, again, you know, this qualifies favorite player. Uh, here's a kid, Brandon Mickelson, who comes in, plays as, as makes it, makes the elite league as a sophomore, one of those defensemen last year on on uh, the Moorhead Bantam team. Just He just blows me away every time I see him play. And he'll be, if this kid is not a NCHC uh, Big Ten defender, I'll be shocked. I'll be absolutely shocked. Even mixed in in that Moorhead defensive class, with Lynn Lindbergh, Lindbergh and Larilla, he's in that class of defender, and he has steadily improved every. Yeah, year. he's a phenomenal athlete. That's you see him kid. in the fall; he's pretty good. You see him in the spring; he's a little bit better than he was in the fall. You see him the next year; he's a little bit better than he was the previous spring. Yeah, All impressive. Right. I got a two for for Sandfeld, San, Sandfeld, Sanford, John Hirschfeld, and Griffin Sturm. Griffin. St- from Cathedral. You're both Cathedral. Yep, they're both Cathedrals. Yeah, I think they're going to actually make a run this year in high school hockey in Class A. They'll be a top-five team. Love both of them for different reasons. Nobody competes harder than John Hirschfeld, and there might not be a more polished defender in this age group than Griffin Sturm. Correct. Even Correct. watching him over the summer with SDP in the USEL, he's just so on he's not going to overpower you physically strikes me as a high iq kid very he had a play and i told him this after the game that it was it was one of those plays that you just don't notice but there should be a stat for it there's a loose puck in the crease and he turned his body 180 degrees and managed to get a stick underneath an opposing player stick lifted it and in the same i just spit again and then in the same motion swept the puck out of the crease it was it was just it was so textbook and still protected the net at the same time. Against a bigger player. Yeah. That's and a big play. That's something he would be able to do at the high school level and at the college level. That's a skill that doesn't leave you. No. We've covered just about every level, right? I'm exhausted. We, we're, we're down at 10-year-old girls, and we're talking high school boys in the same conversation without really looking at our notes. I have no... You, but you don't take notes. So that's... I mean, That's you saying like you're not looking. Do, do you want to show everybody what like your notes? I have look, like look five notes. things written. Look, look, Everything look else these, is look right at here. These notes. Look what I look what I do here. Look what I, I know. Look how, look how I don't do notes. I, I just I am watch. essentially an eagle scout. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. 
Um, and most importantly, congratulations to you. Yeah, I don't know if I was supposed engagement. to tell people that. Well, it's it's going out on the Twitter Whoops. very soon, my friend. Uh, add that to the tweet list. Uh, I wanted some things to make sure it got tweeted. Obviously, Michael tweets uh, passing will be something we'll, oh, yeah. we'll put on Twitter today, um, as well as some of the other content. But uh, the best content, in my opinion, is you and Lara uh, getting engaged. I'm excited for you. Good luck to you. Yeah, we are accepting cash <laughs> as a wedding gift. All right. Because well, I you know you. what? I would rather have cash pay my car bill than uh get a toaster all right just well throw I, it can, out I can promise you i'll give you some cash follow youth hockey up on twitter at youth hockey up follow us on instagram at tony scott yhh correct correct at tony scott yhh follow us on tiktok at youth hockey up did i get that one right kayla yes all righty i had to double check because i don't have instagram or tiktok but follow us on all of our social channels and on youtube at youth hockey up you need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. You need to stay up out the streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Minnesota. Cold like Minnesota. 